Hello and welcome to Southwest News Media Sports Podcast, Sports for Dummies. I'm Eric Croucher with Dan Huss, Tom Chardon, and Todd Abelin. For the week of May 2nd, 2019, we're talking about new rules for when colleges can offer scholarships for hockey players. As always, Croucher's Tweet of the Week and our favorite sports moments for the week. We're also talking about whether Norway has the answer to youth sports. Well, a little bit of a hiatus. Last week's recording didn't work, so we're going to jam-pack a couple weeks worth of uh, stuff into this podcast, so get ready. We're going to knock your uh, shorts off or block <laughs> off or whatever. First off, had to get it out there, Minnetonka, two big things happened, coincidentally, in 24 hours. New coach, Tracy Cassano, former Chaska Chanassin coach, former golfer... Uh, captain and comes over from Burnsville, so she's staying in the area. Minnetonka is now back in Section Two, thanks to the Minnesota State High School League. So, a couple talking points there. Uh, I know Tracy left Chaska Chanassin because they were she was driving from Farmington. Husband Jason works at Rosemount. Now she's back in Minnetonka. <laughs> That's that drive again. So. She started in Rosemont, then went to yeah, Chaskachan, yeah, then went right. to Burnsville, now Minnetonka. So a lot of travel, but I mean, if Minnetonka, that, that job opening along with Edina and Blake, it's got to be the top three most attractive positions, right, Dan? I would, I would think so. I, pretty much any lake, lake conference, conference uh, other than Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if you get in the Minnetonka, obviously Eric Johnson's been coaching there for for a while. I mean, they've they've had a lot of success over the years. They bring back a good portion of the team from that that got third in state last year. So very attractive position, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they'll continue to have success. Yeah, with her, she's she's had success where wherever she's been, you know. Not a lot. Rosemont was a tough situation yeah. for her, but she turned that program kind of around. And then Chaska, Chan did some good things. Yeah, that was her last time they were in a section final. It was her second to last year. And so um, beat Eden Prairie. So they make the finals to play Dinah. So, um, yeah, she had good success at Chaska, Chan, Burnsville. Took them to the sec- state tournament the first year. Yeah. And won a playoff game since. I'm going to mark, mark my words, May 1st, 2019, Lacey Martin, uh, junior right now, senior at Minnetonka, will lead the state and <laughs> and penalty kill shorthanded goals next year. I mean, <laughs> Coach Cassano is very, very aggressive style on the PKs that I remember, so mark my words now. But, I mean, Minnetonka, they're now, you know, back in that uh, that state champion, state tournament uh, mode because they're not in Section 6 or the Diana and Blake and... Now they're dealing with Holy Family and Eden Prairie, which they've had good success over the years. So well, Eden Prairie is probably disappointed to see that news. I would guess, but I mean, what has it been a one goal? Yeah, I mean, Eden sure. Prairie and Minnetonka have been to many section finals, and it's always close. Sure, Holy Family, Shakopee, Chaska Chan are disappointed. Disappointed yeah. <laughs> because they, they go they go from it, a, it goes our, a two or three seed, yeah. maybe even one down to a. Three and four yeah. seed automatically. So what happened to six? They just go to seven? Yeah, so they're back at seven teams. But I, I thought that's what the whole delay in the announcement yeah. was for to it take was. care of all those appeals. And, and now 
They missed three. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many I mean, it's a lot of schools, a lot of sections. I, lot I was sports. told there was an additional three appeals. Waconia was one of them. Waconia, uh, I believe, is in their, yeah, their second year. So they played their first year of varsity hockey this year um, after splitting with Holy Family. So. They, but Laconia they couldn't have been a late appeal. I mean, they would have known no, yeah. right away. <laughs> you would you would have thought. Uh, I don't know what the process is with the state high school league, but I mean, this is the league that also has Southwest Christian volleyball down in Class A because they think it's Southwest Minnesota Christian. I mean, right. <laughs> Southwest Christian's been in Double A volleyball for a couple of years here, and they just entered the wrong school. And as of last week, they hadn't fixed it yet. Yeah, so, um, so. You just kind of never know, but I mean, I think everyone was pretty up in arms in the West Metro, from Benil to Wyzetta to Edina to Blake to Minnetonka. Yeah, I a- think about that was, Minnetonka being shifted in the six. That was probably the biggest. Yeah. Complaint of all the moves. Yeah, you're right. In all sports. Correct. Right. Yeah. So everyone was wondering why. And it was weird because John Malia got asked about 10 times about it, and he just kept dodging the question, you know. So maybe he kind of knew, okay, just let the process work out, and it'll be all. But it's what just, are they going to do recent enrollments? They're afraid to, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's get Leighton back on the phone. Tell we, me can, we can talk to him about that in girls lacrosse, or lacrosse officials, because now we're... Uh, we're running short. We're running short again. Teams in Chaska, Kennedy got, or Chance and Kennedy got... Uh, there was no officials last week. There was multiple ones on Monday night, including Kennedy boys. So I talked to an official on Monday for uh, for the girls lacrosse, and I said, "Do you guys get any days off?" And he's like, "If we want a day off, our scheduler would be screaming at us, going, what are you talking about? You can't take it off.'" So well, it's got to kind of be. It's still such a new sport, and. Parents don't know the rules or how to officiate. I so could, I could ref girls across. Just blow the whistle every thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do. But the thing is, I, I noticed it so far. This, Whether this you're year, right or wrong, you get half the officials are blowing it every thirty seconds, and you have half the officials who are just letting letting it play. You know, Where much do I, like why college. don't I ever get those officials? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're in the West Metro. Apparently, you're stuck in that South Metro. All stuff. it does is whistle. And then it takes eight minutes to separate them. Yeah, but that clock stay runs, back, man. Stay and back, girls. stay back, move back, move back, and then whistle. Yeah. The girls. Oh, no, the whistle happens, and everyone goes, "What?" And, everyone, and the refs try and like have to try to explain it, and they can't explain it. And then the coaches are going, "That's not a foul." And they got to set up, got to move back, and then. I think I turned on girls lacrosse many years ago when a girl from Burnsville went down the middle and scored, and they waved it off for dangerous pro- propelling. And, I'm like, and I said, what is that? He goes, she threw it too hard. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> One of the parents told me the other day, if, you, if you're if you on a breakaway and some girl comes, you know, somehow gets in your way, you can shoot and score. That is not a goal. There's no advantage, you know, like you, you can't let it play it out. You just, like, you know, like hockey, you know, you play it out until, the, you know. So it's just kind of a weird thing. There's no advantage uh, to, you know, if you – as a defense, if you know they're going to score, hack away. Then you at least get your goaltender set up. And oh, give them I've always said I mean, that. Why won't you? When it, if if a team goes on the break, just hack them yeah. as they get near midfield. Then everything stops. stops. Yeah. So it's a weird sport, but I mean, there's just no there's no feeder program for for referees. Yeah. I mean, you got 
I can't imagine what the refereeing is like at the at the youth level. It's got to be just oh, oh yeah, god. But um, yeah, it's well. Speaking of girls lacrosse, or lacrosse in general, May first. Who's who's walking away with state championships uh, this year? The girls are going to be it's good in Prairie. our area, guys. Girls is going to be in Prairie Prior Lake in the finals. It's already done. Just forget it. <laughs> you it's said over. that two weeks ago. It's not even close. Eden Prairie girls, they should just let every other team play and let them play a best of seven starting in section playoffs times. Best of seven? How about best of three? Best of seven. That would take the whole section <laughs> tournament. <laughs> they play every three days. All right. Best of seven, then you're going to get the true state champion. I think Eden Prairie and Prairie Lake play next week, I believe. Yeah, they play. They come up here on a Saturday. Yep. Eden Prairie goes to... Uh, Marquette University to play a team from Illinois on Saturday. That's the, usually their only loss of the season is yep. when they go down there. They so have, they have well, they lost to Prior Lake last year. Yep. Okay. Wow. That was the Generous. first time they lost to a Minnesota team in, outside of the playoffs, maybe yeah. ever. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of one they. I can't. <clears throat> I can't disagree with Tom on that. Yeah. I mean, Chanison and Breck are, are good teams. But as we saw last night, I mean, it was a 7-7 game. Shannon EP, EP wins 16-9, you know. And so they, they, they have the, the offense to kind of put the foot down, you know, when, when they need it. So. Imagine if uh, Eden Prairie and Prior Lake didn't lose uh, two captains. Prior Lake lost Jordan Anderson before the season. She's their, she was their best player. Yeah. And she's out for the year. And, okay. then Eden, and Prairie, Eden Prairie lost. I think it's almost harder to lose someone during the season, though. They're just... They lost their best defender, and they're trying to figure that out right now. Boys. Boys is wide open, isn't it? Min- Minnetonka. Minnetonka, Minnetonka looks Lake. good. Look, they're 6-0. and They bring back a lot of last year's team. Um, they're balanced in scoring. But as you see in these late conference games, it's 10-7, 11-8. You know, those can be reversed, uh, you know, if a team if a team has a good game. So, but Minnetonka looks really, really good, and they're just all proven winners. A lot of, lot of, lot of athletes on that multi-sport athletes that have won in other sports too. So, they and, and they want they want to win it for for Archer Amorosa. So, uh, I I wouldn't bet on uh, I'd I'd bet on them right now. Prior Lake's good. They're gonna, I mean, they're, they're, just, gonna, they're gonna get through section six yeah. because the only really team in there that can beat them potentially is Edina. Rosemont's okay. They've been ranked, mm-hmm. but Prior Lake's they're the pro, Prior Lake the boys across. They're the one Prior Lake to team that doesn't care about the regular season. No. They don't care about the conference. They haven't won the, the two years they won the state championship. They didn't win the conference title. Okay. So they they are all about the postseason. Everything they do is to the postseason. They gear everything that way. And then they go, and so they're two and three and two right now. Would they? That's not surprising to me. They sure. lost to Minnetonka, and they got beat by over in overtime at North, who's I think ranked four or five I right do. now. Yeah. But they do have to replace that fifteen senior that they lost last year. <laughs> but you know, throughout the program, but that that program just knows how to get it done when it matters. Yeah. And yeah. so there'll be a factor at the end. Well, they win it. I mean, it would be, it's hard to win three out of four. There's some good teams, and they probably don't have the same firepower as they had last year. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting there at the end in the semifinals having a chance to win two more. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. 
All right. Question number two. <laughs> Did the NCAA do a really good thing in, uh, in pushing scholarships, offers back a little bit? Not allowing colleges, and I think this is hockey, I don't know if it's other sports. It's just been big in hockey because they offer these kids so young. But now you cannot be you cannot offer Division One. Can you cannot, talk to a twelve year old? You so there's different rules. So like you can set up visits and stuff with that, but you cannot officially offer them a scholarship until August one before their junior year. Um, so like just this kind of came up because um, a couple days ago, uh, Chaska freshman Max Burkholder played Bantam AA uh, state runner up for Chaska Chan last year or this past winter offered. Accepted going to Colorado College today, Wednesday, May one, our our podcast day. The new rules go in effect. So this kind of happened, you know, a couple couple kids. When can you sign officially, though? Not to well, you you don't sign until your your senior senior year, year. but you commit. I mean, a lot of these kids are committing as eighth, ninth graders. Now there's a couple that were like their commitment means nothing if they don't sign. They can back out at any time. They can, right? But it's it. I don't know what it's doing is putting pressure on these kids to perform. When colleges are looking at them at twelve, thirteen, and right. maybe this pushes it back. So that's a, a good parent thing? problem. <laughs> We're gonna get to the parent problem here in a minute. If you're telling your eight-year-old, "Hey, Creighton's in the stadium today. You better play well," and he's uh, twelve years old, then you've got a parent problem. Creighton's got a hockey team. I don't know. Creighton's <laughs> baseball, softball. But sure. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think it's a it's good rule. It's probably the coaches making a rule to save themselves because they were going younger and younger they figured like we've got to do something here we got to prevent ourselves from offering a six-year-old here before we do it so i mean that's the thing is like you some of these kids you see them at 10 11 12 they might be great then you know how many kids grow after right. that or you know so many variables that, that can happen well the Edina kid is a perfect example yeah. he played peewee b and that's about the age of 10 11 12 years mm-hmm. old and then he was always on the lower teams in the Dinos youth system and then came up in his senior year, state championship, scored, what, 15 to 20 goals and was a one of their top scorers for the yeah. year. But if you can still talk to him, I mean, you could still make wink-wink agreements yeah, with anybody. They're, they're, yeah. Well, look what happened to Joe Smith in this uh, table. Wink-wink. <laughs> wink-wink. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, there's still things that, that colleges can do. The coach just can't comment on a kid. They yeah. can't comment on before they even sign. It'll just be. I mean, it's just almost. It, I think. I think it's more like Todd said. I think it's more. So you're not giving these kids, you know, something that. Well, it's like the schools all, are going to wish they didn't give four years. Well, if you like, say a coach offers a freshman who's like 14, 15 year old a scholarship, and then three years later, their time to sign, and they didn't progress as the coaches yeah. say, and they go, "Whoops, sorry, your scholarship's no longer there." So yeah. yeah, I mean they take away scholarship offers all the time. Yeah, yeah. So and kids also bolt on scholarships, yeah. especially the baseball ones. That's why those verbal commitments are hard to uh, wrap your hands around. Because I mean they're really there's no binding agreement no. on either side. No. Right. Remember the verbal agreement I got from a prior Lake baseball player way back to go to Florida State. I don't want to say his name, but apparently he typed his own press release out. <laughs> we were all trying to figure out it was legit. He didn't go there. You can make up anywhere. You can tweet 
I'm verbally committing to Nebraska for football. Nebraska coach, I, I don't know this kid, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, so the answer is it really doesn't matter if these kids want – if the colleges want them, they'll get them. So. I think that's a lot. As a – it's your junior year. I mean, you don't want to have a whole bunch of kids that are playing for college rather than their team, their local team, because I think that happens. Yeah. They're all playing for college now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. All right, question number three. Does John Malaya from the State High School League pose this question? Does Norway have the answer to excess in youth sports? Norway has said no national championships before the age of 13, no regional championships before age 11, or even publication of game scores or rankings. Competition is promoted, but not at the expense of development. So there goes the youth sports sections. But that's, I mean, we're not posting you know, 10-year-old scores in the, I don't see any 10-year-old scores in the paper. Posted. There are websites, websites that rank them. Yeah, there are websites. There's yeah. Youth, youth Hockey, youth hockey uh, Hub right. and Youth Basketball Hub yeah. all have rankings for Let's Play Hockey does. Yeah, squirts I mean. and fifth grade basketball. And fourth it all grade. comes down, again, to the parents, the perspective. I mean, my God, <laughs> specializing at 11 years old in hockey or your parents are trying to get you to you know hey you got to play well for the so you can get that be on that varsity it's just that they will skip a lot of those kids burn out they're done they don't play anymore is it the parents or is it the uh, clubs and for-profit enterprises well so that's it, combination those, have, those are a big issue in they wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the parents. If parents could just say no to them, they wouldn't be as big of an influence. But everybody thinks, they, oh, i got to go to this club sport. i got to do this club sport because everybody else is doing it. Oh, kids are going to fall behind. Kids are not going to fall behind. Especially, like, like, fall baseball, they have a club. It's $1,000 to play fall baseball, club baseball. Some of them. For are. five weeks. <laughs> like, are you, you going to get much better playing five weeks of club baseball than you are... Not? No, it's not any good. It's not any good. It helps, but it's just not worth the price that parents are paying for it. Plus, it's just too much of one sport. You know, there's studies that show that we talked about it last week on our podcast slash (laughs) non-podcast about specialization and and the arm injuries of former Burnsville pitcher Sam Carlson. Already got Tommy John. Yeah. Nick Hansen, prior lake pitcher. Remember how good he was? Yeah. Tommy John. I mean, it, it, there was a stat that we talked about that 60% of Tommy John surgeries are now performed on the age kids, on people the ages of 15 to 20. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. And that's incredible. And then we talked about fastballs or miles per hour in pitching. If you throw 94 miles an hour, the batting average against your – the average batting average is 220-something. Okay. If you throw 93, it's two, almost 280. So now you look at the major league. There's a story the MLB came out, or the, what, who gets drafted. Nobody's getting. If you're not getting thrown 94, 
You're not drafted in the first round yeah. or second. You've got to throw 94. So all these kids are all trying to get up oh. to 94, and they're shredding out their elbows. Yeah, and I, I know I've seen some local places post, like, you know, like the places that work with these kids, and they're that's what they post is, right. this kid got to this, and, and he watched, and he's, like, doing, like, a running start and just, like, gunning, and I'm like, this can't be, this is not, I mean, yeah, as somebody who's got all, a torn rotator cuff right here. Baseball's I mean, all just, analytics now, so like th- th- these these organizations look at that. They yeah. know the stats. Oh, I know. And But the kids know that, too, now. i got to get up to 94 or 95 if I want to be a high pick. And then they've probably got arm problems as soon as they hit the minor leagues. And then you go back to what Todd says, the clubs. Well, then you get the Minnesota State High School. You can put pitching limits, which is great. Yeah. But you can't prevent the dad from taking the kid in the backyard and throwing another 60 pitches. And then you can't prevent the kid to go into his club team that he competes with and throwing another 75. Yeah. You can't – I mean, the State High School, League, their hands are tied on that. They can't do anything. I, I just think – yeah, I mean, and I, it's been a definite big step – uh, for the State High School League to set those. I mean, it, it seems like four or five years ago now, Waconia is Jake Stevenson. Now, just it seems getting back to where he was as a gopher pitcher. He's a gopher pitcher now. Um, Did he throw like 250 he, pitches? He threw, back, he threw like back-to-back games. Like he threw, right? No, Waconia. Okay, for so he, he threw the first game and beat Chan Asin, right. who ended up going through loser bracket, winning the <clears> state <throat> tournament. Then he came back the next day or whatever and threw a, uh, tried throwing a complete game against Chaska. So when Luke Roskam threw a perfect game, but he threw back-to-back games. Toast. His arm, you know, he never was able to. He, right. he, had, he was years off, and he had a scholarship to go to the Gophers. And, I mean, I just saw him pitch last year, and it looked like it hurt. And now this year he's got much better numbers. So you can see he's a couple years removed from that surgery. But, I mean, you look at these guys, and you're just like – I mean the whole rubber arm thing. Right. I mean, <laughs> I thought I had a rubber arm too, guys, and uh, you know, and and so. Well, the biggest this back. To but there's, there needs to be more. There the, needs to be more. The Norway thing. The biggest thing in American youth sports, from what I've seen, with having a son in basketball and baseball and a daughter in softball and hockey, is that there's just way too many games. Yeah. You know, my son, an 11 year old baseball, is going to play over 40 games this summer. And like, you know, if it, in practice, what another thirty to forty times? Maybe, yeah. Because you got your sons in the same association. So, if we could flip that down to twenty to thirty games and make it thirty to forty practices, it'd be better for everyone. But and on top of that, then but everyone, all these parents, they pay money and they go, yep. "I'm paying this money." Gotta want to play games. And kids want to play the games. And too, on top so. of that, then that kid's gonna go play fall ball. Some of those kids. Yeah. Yep. And they're going to throw, you know, and then studies of all, all those studies show the specialization, you know, the more sports you play, the less likely injuries. They all ignore that. Mm-hmm. They just want to let that kid throw all the all those pitches from March to October. It's too much. Oh, you, I, we had a baseball clinic for my kindergarten, about to be kindergarten son. And dad asked that. He goes, seems like there's more games than there are practices. And the guy who was running the clinic said, "Well, that's what the that's what the kids like, and that's well, right." I'm on a, that's, what, the, I'm that's a, what everyone wants. To I'm see. on the baseball board in my local community, and we have more games and practices. It's ridiculous. The board wants to cut them back, but as soon as we do that, yeah. biggest complaints from parents are, yeah. "Where are all these practices? Where are the games? Where are the games?" How come we're not? So, if we could get past that and get 
cut in every sport, cut the games these 10, 11 year olds play in half. Does that Norway study say that I think about they games have to, slash practices? I, don't, it, I think they have to cut the sessions, though. I mean, you don't need, kids don't need to be at something five days a week. Bon. Yeah. And I, I think that's the big, I think that's America's <coughs> biggest problem. And I don't know if, you know, if Norway, they're in luge. <laughs> I mean, if that, if that's they're losing six times. I mean, I don't know. They're losing six times a week, and they're playing what cross country skiing, cross country skiing the other. But I mean, I, I I look at there's so many, and I I know it, there's a bunch of lacrosse players uh, who are also doing AEU basketball, and or you know, it just there's that well, crossover it, right now where one sport is almost year round yeah, well, it never and then they're playing another sport it, too and it, it's like oh it my never God. stops it's, no. it, even like my son's basketball team we played from October to March and all of a sudden there's spring basketball spring and the coach is like do you want to play some hoop basketball I'm like I and, guess so and baseball tries and then baseball tries right. and then baseball's done and then fall baseball you're like you want to play fall baseball I'm like okay I guess but so I think honestly like that that would be the bigger impact in America if we said Basketball is from this month to this month. And it'll never happen. It'll never yeah. happen. I wonder how much, much money is in Norway. Because youth sports is a <laughs> practically a billion-dollar in- industry. I mean, I, it's just... Oh, absolutely. I mean... If you, if, if you would have told me 10 years ago to go buy some land behind the Mall of America, I would have. And you know what I would have done? I would have built my own sports complex, just like the ones out in Wisconsin Dells. And then it wouldn't have been city-owned. I just had to pay property taxes and turf fields. You know how much money I'd make? <laughs> All these teams just come play on my facility year-round, basketball, baseball, you know, football. I said, that's where it is. And the start of sports training on Shockby, I think they have, and MASH in Egan, yeah. they have that idea. Uh, yeah. They want to do build a giant complex, whether it's in Shockby or wherever it is, so they can host tournaments. Mm-hmm. It's a money maker. Mm-hmm. They can host them every weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. They have Woodside, uh, the baseball and softball down in Wisconsin Dells, Mauston. Yes. I mean these things are yeah. No, I guess. Can you imagine if you had a, and you can some in Mauston and the ones in Mauston they affiliated with the Dells and all the water parks. Oh yeah. So Could you they, imagine they if you did up. one in Bloomington and affiliated yeah. somehow with the MOA? Yeah. Oh yeah. All yeah. year long. City could never tell you you can't play on the fields because it's too wet. You could say they're my well, fields. Those, ones are, <laughs> those are turf fields, too. So, you know, like yep. they, they do it in March. Here's another quote, and we'll end with this. There's nothing wrong with children competing. Even if adults don't keep score, they've got it running in their heads. The difference is, is once the game is over, kids generally move on. It's the parents who end up obsessing over the that's, results. That's 100%. That's, 100% that's, true. that's what it is, you know. Kids forget the score of the game on the ride home. It's the parents who remind them. My daughter forgot the score of the game during the game. So, I it's, just... You know, the younger they are, the more they get. But I remember, I remember um, Darwin Busselman, the old Prior Lake baseball coach. He was... I asked him what the difference when he retired, what the difference is between now, kids today, and, and kids back when he played, you know, back in the 80s or not yeah. when he played. He, I remember he just said, back when we lost in the 80s, kids on the bus, they knew. They were upset. They went home in the 70s, whatever. They were upset about it. Kids now, you get on the bus... They don't. They, they get on their. They get on their phones. They get on their. They, they don't remember. They don't care. They're done. They're, they put it away. 
And because that's the biggest, that to me, that was the biggest difference. The, the how much they care afterwards. Yep. They didn't care once they, you know, back in the two thousands or whenever you retired. But back in the seventies, it was a big deal. You cared all the way home. You worried about it. Now, they don't. And the, but the parents probably care. Yeah. The parents probably didn't care as much in the seventies. Now they. Because they more. play as many games back then, so the games meant more for these probably. kids. Probably. Well, it's it's the phone. I mean, it's distractions. I mean, they probably care, but when you've got your phone, phone, you haven't looked at for two hours. It's true. <laughs> I'm sure some kid. They're still the, the competitive. Like your phone's not out. Just that competitive athlete that still cares, but as a whole, the losses are easier to take for kids now than they probably were back then. Yeah. All right, everyone's new favorite segment, Krauser's Tweet of the Week. I didn't give you a lot of fodder, but I think, Todd, I think Todd, or not Todd, Tom might have found something. It was a poor, I mean, Eric, it was a poor no, week I mean, for it. Come it was on. a poor week for him, so we're going to have to go from the I blast to the past. Let's see if Krauser knows where this is. Meter parking, 575, one block from media entrance at the Barn Sports at the Barn Sports Maturi Pavilion. I win again. Hashtag company man. <laughs> Where was that? Where was that? Girls, <laughs> girls basketball at uh, Williams Arena. So I was... Who are we coming? Holy Family? Holy Family this year. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm cheap. Let's put it this way. If there's a if there's a lot that's across the street that costs twenty dollars and there's one that's five dollars, a mile away, I'm parking in a mile away, even though it's going to cost me zero, I could still turn in the expense report. But that's I'm just cheap as all heck, and so I get pretty yeah. You know, everyone else was uh, was posting well, about how they spent fifteen dollars. Todd replied to you five dollars this afternoon in lot thirty seven across from Mariucci. See, he knows. Jason Olson. Oh. You know who he is, right? Yeah, son. Son. Son this week. Oh, good for you. I tried finding a single spot to park 45 minutes before driving away. The siding factor came when I asked a, a lot attendant about the lack of sports in his reply. They didn't know this many people would be coming down here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, was er, class two earlier in the week, girls hockey, I spent $1.20 at a meter. $15 at River Center. When you right? go down to the U to four... Wrestling. Anything. If you can find a parking spot, you're happy. Yeah, wrestling is the worst. Wrestling Re- is. Wrestling's the worst. Yes, wrestling is. Especially during the day. Evening. Take the, the Metro Transit. It's two bucks. For the evening championship sessions, it's easy. But you guys wouldn't you, know we, we wouldn't You guys wouldn't know, wouldn't know, know that. about that. <laughs> wrestling was $20? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another $25 to get in the door. Who gets that money? City? The city. Oh, yeah. Does the St. Isaac get any? No. No. Not for parking, dude. They got to rent that thing out too. Maybe we need a boycott. This All right, favorite moments of the week, or two weeks since you guys screwed up the podcast last week. Favorite moments are our some, athletes or some, what? something that something that happened in the last couple, you know, last week from your area that just pick one. Why'd you have to say your? I'll area? start out. Well, cause you. I'll start out. Uh, former Scott West wrestler Tony Valak. Was just named co-head coach of the Augsburg National Championship Wrestling Team, so he's probably in line to be the lone head coach here in a couple of years when the other guy retires. Uh, Jim, I can't forget his last name. He's a good one. Yeah. So, but they're the nat- defending national champs, and he's then promoted to co-head coach. Cool. I'm gonna go with a couple Hamlin Elite Meet champions from Chaska. John Starkey, 
Uh, he's won it two years in a row in the 800 meters, so kind of a cool thing to to win. So, uh, the Hamlin Elite meets a fun meet. I mean, you get you get uh, a girl from Triton winning, you know, winning yep. an event versus you know the big schools. It's kind of fun to watch. Uh, and then also Noah Svetnik from Chaska. He's hit six ten multiple times already this year, and he looks pretty pretty good uh, to be in the running for a high jump. So a couple Chaska kids. It's a smaller program, but uh, they're cranking out some some champs. It'd be nice if they held that a little bit later in the season when there's actually some track meets. Yeah, done. some of them only have like one or two, yeah, so but it's availability. I know, but it'd be nice if they could, like, the athletes are actually in prime shape and prime form and yeah, actually have a couple competitions underneath their belt instead of these just relay meets or dual dual track meets or quad track meets so but yeah Hamlin's always fun it, it is a fun, good facility to, to watch things and I'll go to the same meet Eden Prairie's Xavier Watson didn't win the high jump but he broke a 34 year old Eden Prairie record it's the second oldest uh, track record in Eden Prairie's record books. He went 6'6", six, six, which was one inch higher than the uh, record set 1985. There's only one record that's older than that for Eden Prairie, and that's the shot put record from 1978. Because Grant won't let anybody throw <laughs> I got two. Carly Miller, Prior Lake Softball, threw a one-hit shutout. 10 strikeouts. I think it was 10 strikeouts. 10 or 11. They beat Lakeville. Lakeville South. Lakeville, um, was it South? Had to be North. Good. But they, 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 they've won three in a row, yeah, and they're getting pitching, and Reese Dahl's been pitching well, so maybe they can make an impact in the section. My second one is my son and I argued oh. <laughs> over the top five point guards in the NBA. We both agreed one and two were Curry and Harden. Okay. My three, my third one was Damian Lillard. He went Westbrook. And then we both, and then he went Irving four, and I went Westbrook four, and then he went um, Lillard five. That was the same night that Lillard <laughs> hit the 38-footer at midnight to win the series against, like, against Westbrook for 50 points. I just remember I was watching, I got on my phone, Pulled it up, texted it to him. I hope he was sleeping. He was sleeping. Like, he woke up, the first thing you know, the 10-year-old yeah, yeah. does when they wake up is they grab the electronics. They, sure. don't, they don't brush their teeth. They just grab the electronics. And they got that text, and I could hear him upstairs going, no way. And I said, I'm right. And he still says Westbrook's better, but I'm still going with Lillard. You got Ricky Rubio, number six, Jeff Teague, number seven, right? And Tyus Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so outsmarting, outsmarting the ten-year-old who watches nothing but NBA basketball, even though I try to avoid it, is my win of the week. <laughs> Yay, Tom! <laughs> That's it for Sports for Dummies for this week. I'm Eric Croucher with Dan Huss, Tom Chardon, and Todd Avon. Rachel Minsky is our producer. Check out round-the-clock sports coverage online at swnewsmedia.com. Thanks for listening.